Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome back to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. In today's episode, we're turning our attention towards some very important people. And when we say important, we really mean it because without these guys, there literally wouldn't be a wedding. They are, of course, your wedding suppliers. Even the simplest of celebrations require someone to make the marriage official, pour the bubbly and capture it all on camera. As well as being great at what they do, your wedding suppliers need to be the right people to put you at ease on the day. After all, they're going to be by your side for one of the most important moments of your life. The good news is that there are lots of amazing suppliers out there and that after listening to this episode, you'll know exactly how to track them down and how to get the best service. You will. But before we get into all that, we've got to take a moment to mark a one fab day wedding podcast milestone. So today marks episode 50. Of the pod, Claire, can you believe it? I can't quite believe it. And I only wish we had some bubbly to pop in celebration. And you say that and that brings (laughs) up another point that we need to share with the listeners. So, guys, we have a bit of news for you. We do. We have a bit of double news. Yep. Claire and I are going to have to take a little break from the pod. Yes. Because we're both with child. We are. Not the same child. (laughs) Separate one. Separate children. (laughs) Separate fathers. Separate families. I keep saying to people, um, A, that we didn't do this on purpose and B, that we're not raising the children together. But actually, we probably will raise yeah, them together. Yeah, they're going to be best friends. <laughs> they're going to be around each other a lot. So I can't use that line anymore. Maybe one day they'll get married. No pressure. Oh, my God. And they'll have the podcast <laughs> yeah. to guide them through it. It won't be at a date at all. I'd like to think it's timeless. Evergreen. <laughs> so we wanted to let you, the listener, know um, that we will have to take a break because there is babies to be had. Yes. Important business. Important business. But we have four more episodes, including this episode, coming your way. And we're going to do our best to cover some really, really important topics in that time. Yeah. I'd love to know if anyone had clocked it over the last few months. There's been whole episodes I don't remember recording on account of morning sickness. Do, do we sound more <laughs> pregnant? <laughs> I definitely feel more out of breath lately. So I wonder if oh, that's been Oh, yeah. Heard. I'd say if there's any healthcare professionals who listen, mm. I'd say they'd be like, that sounds like an out of breath <laughs> that you get when your lungs are compressed by a baby. Yes. I, I imagine a few of you have um, suspected. And there's been more toilet breaks mid-record. 
Yeah, which you won't have seen, but boy, have there been. Yes. <laughs> Our poor producer is driven demented with the constant pee breaks. So, yes, you won't be gone forever. Hopefully. No. <laughs> we'll be back. But, um, yeah, we'll be taking a break from the end of March. But you have this episode, which is going to be amazing, all about your suppliers, and three delicious more episodes to come. So it's not all bad news. It's not bad news Is it bad all. news at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> The miracle of life isn't bad news. Let's get on with today's episode. <laughs> One fab day expert wedding tips. We've reached the part of the podcast where we pass on a golden nugget of advice that you can hopefully take with you all the way to the big day. Claire has chosen a gem of a tip this week. So let's hear it, Claire. So this one's kind of a self plug because I wrote this feature. Um, but it is our super helpful list of FAQs. So basically... Hopefully, every single question you could possibly have about planning your wedding. We're adding to it all the time, but we'll stick a link to it in the show notes. But essentially, it's a giant list with over 100 wedding planning questions and links to the answer to them. Yeah, this is a great one because there are so many questions that we won't get to (laughs) on the podcast. And they're all in this feature. Yeah. As much as every wedding couple is unique, they all have the same questions. Yeah. How do I pee in my wedding dress? When should I get my beard trimmed before my wedding? What should the flowers cost? Exactly. You could we could literally sit here for two hours and throw out examples. But yeah, that feature is incredibly helpful. Big, giant wedding FAQ page. And it's as good as it sounds. So yeah, check it out if you've got any kinds of questions, which I'm sure you have many. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. As you mentioned in the introduction, this week's episode is all about finding the best wedding suppliers. We're talking photographers, videographers, bands, musicians, stationers, florists, bakers, hairstylists, makeup artists, planners, caterers and beyond. We've already done full episodes on the wedding venue search and the wedding dress search, so give those a listen if you haven't already. If you're getting married in Ireland, we've made the job of finding wedding suppliers very easy indeed with the wedding directory on our site. So it's a curated list of suppliers, which means that every single vendor on there is someone that we would be happy to recommend to a friend. For those of you listening in other parts of the world, we wanted to provide some advice for tracking down the top suppliers in your area. And of course, for everyone, offer tips on how to make the most of your vendors. So let's get stuck in. Indeed. So our first tip is to look in the right places now I would not advise googling wedding florists in Ireland no and I also wouldn't advise taking out a yellow page (laughs) no I just think what you need when you're looking for wedding suppliers is to find a curated list because unless you're in a very remote uh, part of the world where you don't have a lot of options you're going to feel overwhelmed by Mm. the amount of suppliers that are available Yeah, I think uh, like if you're getting married in a very remote area and you just want like really basic bouquet, you don't really mind how it looks. Yeah, the local florist is grand. But for most people, they want something stylish or something a bit different. They have something particular in mind. Mm -hmm. And for those people, you need to find like seek out those suppliers. That style resonates with your own. Yeah, so... Obviously, we have a curated list for all wedding suppliers in Ireland, which is very handy if you're there. If not, yeah, okay, maybe it is worth kind of Googling like wedding cake bakers in Manchester and see seeing what comes up. Mm. But just approach those lists with caution, because often you'll find that those lists are actually on the blog of a wedding cake baker in Manchester. Um, Just be discerning when using Google to look for suppliers. Yeah, I think having a bit of knowledge of keywords is helpful here. So... 
artisanal florist is a good one to look up. Alternative, maybe. Alternative, boutique. Words like that that might throw up someone that's a little bit more refined depending on what you're looking for. Um, A lot of times as well, there might be things like flower farm or something like that if you're looking for someone sustainable. Yeah. Again, we're just concentrating on flowers just now, but this applies to every single kind of supplier. Another great one is to look at real weddings that align with your style. So our site has hundreds of them but if you find a wedding website that's in your region that has a lot of weddings and go through and if you love the flowers in a certain wedding have a look down the bottom at the credits and you'll see who did them we have an episode that we did all about how to use instagram for Mm. planning your wedding so there's more detail on that in that episode but broadly speaking yeah it's a good place to look um if you can use hashtags that are relevant Mm. um to your area usually helps and again, like it's about not overwhelming yourself by throwing up every single vendor that applies yes. to your region. At the same time, you only need to find one or two or three to get you started. Yeah. Um, and Instagram is great in that way because if it's a visual type of a supplier like, you know, baker, florist, decor person, um, you really are able to filter through a lot of them very quickly and go not my style not my style oh yes I like this one we'll save this one yeah another great tip is to ask suppliers that you already have Mm -hmm. um, for their recommendations so generally you might book a photographer first before anyone else so once you have your photographer they'll often have a bit of a team that they work with regularly so they'll probably have three preferred florists cake baker a decor hire company that they know really well and that they trust their service so do tap your existing suppliers for their recommendations venues can be great for this as well they often have a list of recommended suppliers and if you're really happy with your venue i would say you know that's a good it's good to consider their their advice on yeah again it's the kind of thing where generally like a local hotel might just tap their local suppliers yeah but if it's somewhere that's quite aesthetically minded they're going to be particular about the suppliers they put on their list yeah exactly and it does help in the long run if the supplier has worked at the venue before it's not necessary and i'd never say absolutely you have to go with someone on the venue's recommended list if you Mm. find someone else that you're happier with that's absolutely fine um but there are advantages to yeah asking suppliers to recommend other suppliers and that goes as well with the venue's choice of ones that are less visual so are harder to choose from like say like a dj Mm. and it can be impossible to know what makes a good dj or a bad dj so definitely to get a start in that before you actually have a look on their websites asking the venues yeah bands too we always say try to go to see the band perform live or to a showcase but if for some reason you're abroad or you're not able or you don't have the time to do that that's one where recommendations are great yes Uh Um, another person to tap for recommendations are all of your married friends. Yeah, especially if you've been to their wedding and you enjoyed a particular element of it. Some people get worried that someone will mind if they hire the same videographer or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think people are as precious about that as you might think. No, and if they do react a bit weirdly, you know. Uh, it's not the end of the world yeah you can exactly. always be like oh never mind you know i'll, I'll find someone it's worth asking i yeah. think 99 percent of people will be happy to recommend someone that they liked yeah and um again i would say you know take their opinion with a pinch of salt because they might have had a particular experience that you won't necessarily have mm. but they're your friend and they'll 
be honest with you about you know which suppliers they really liked and which ones they would say I if I was going to plan my wedding again I wouldn't hire them yeah our next tip is to do your homework so we cannot stress this enough um we always want you to have suppliers you're really happy with and really can trust to do their job the way you do this and the way you get that peace of mind is by doing your homework up front so this is kind of when let's say you've now got a long list or a short list of a few suppliers in one category that you're looking at you need to give a little bit of time to each one um to get a feel for what they're about so a great Mm -hmm. way to do this is to look at real weddings that they've done if they don't have that information available on you know their own site their socials it's okay to email them and ask yeah uh, um listen do you have any samples of your work that you can send me i would say look at their website and their socials first you know to save yourself an email but that's completely fine I think asking for testimonials from their previous clients is another really good way of getting a feel for their work. Obviously, they're only going to send you on positive ones, but if they don't have them readily available, then they're not good. And often you'll find, I know testimonials can be a bit scary for people because they're like, well, you know, who are Anne and Paul or whatever. But um, often they will have photos from that person's real wedding so you know that they're real people they're genuine and you can tell I think from reading testimonials if they're kind of like you know have misspellings in them and they're like not polished Mm -hmm. in how they're worded chances are it's a real couple yeah I'd also look for internet reviews now they're not always the most reliable you know yourself that it tends to be you'll only go on and leave a review if it's negative Mm. um but it's worth looking out for any like humdinger reviews um or negative news stories um so I'll always google news somewhere if I'm checking it out um or a supplier now you might it mightn't have ever made the news but if it did then you're probably you'd be delighted that you google yes. news them if you found out <laughs> they were a convicted criminal <laughs> um yeah my feeling on reviews is that probably every great service or product or supplier has at least one or two horrible reviews mm. but maybe look for patterns yeah. Um, and look for if the same thing keeps coming up over and over again. Like I, you could have the most amazing service that I've ever gotten. I'm sure that person would have had one angry customer over the years who left a review. But if you have the same people saying all the time, you know, let's say for a caterer, all the food was cold or whatever. If if it comes up time and time again, it's certainly worth paying attention to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, make sure the supplier has an address and phone number listed on their website or email signature. This is a real doing your due diligence step. Um, yeah. Request one if there isn't. And this applies for even independent suppliers. So sometimes if you search maybe a photographer online, their home address will come up. And that's totally fine. But you need to know where to find them yeah. if something happens and say there's an issue at the end with billing or with the photos not being up to scratch or whatever so you need to do your due diligence at this stage and make sure that you have all the information on them before you book yeah obviously we don't recommend you know ringing up your photographer every five minutes in the lead up to the wedding but it is good to have a phone number for these people if let's say there's a natural disaster and you have to ring everyone in the morning of the wedding and yep. say listen we've had to call it off due to weather or something like that so just to make sure that you have the contact information and that it's legit 
contact information for this part yeah. is important, I think. Yeah, I mean, we'd suggest that for even shopping online. So it's yeah. the same thing applies. Absolutely. Um, social media is a really good way to get a feel for their work. So obviously you'll see their pictures of their work and everything. But the thing that's really helpful about social media is that you can see how they interact with their clients. Mm. So if they're polite, courteous, if they're prompt with their responses, things like that. Um, and you can also often spot reviews in the comment section as well. So if someone, you know, if they put up a bouquet and someone comments and says like, oh, thank you so much. This was my dream bouquet. I loved it. Yeah. You'll get a good feel then. Yeah. Often I notice that if I'm on, let's say, the Instagram of a photographer that I consider to be like one of the best, um, that they'll put up a photo of a couple like they shot their wedding, you know, last month or whatever. And there are loads of previous brides and grooms in the comments yes. who love them so much that they're still following them and they're like oh my god I love you know the bride looks amazing or whatever um that's always uh, a good sign yeah it's definitely a mark of a good rapport with your customers yeah so our next tip is to be specific so what we mean by that is to be as thorough as you can from your introductory email right through all of your communications yeah, it's a great idea to tell your supplier initially to give them like a very potted, like not five page essay, no. kind of summary of your wedding, who you and your partner are, very briefly, what kind of vibe you're going for. So yeah. like we're having a summer garden party style, but very refined wedding in this ex country house on the 25th of May. Um and if you can, yeah, so g- give them information and help them kind of learn a little bit about who you are. Um, immediately they will kind of that's already information that they're using to create whether it's a quote for you or kind of come up with uh, what you're gonna basically ask them for what you're gonna want from their services yeah absolutely because as much as you need to identify if a supplier is a fit for you yeah sometimes they're working out if you're a fit for them yeah um which sounds really like they're picking and choosing yes but they, when they have to pick and choose their clients, probably if, if they're a very, very top supplier, they do. They, they can't just accept any inquiry. They have to pick the person who's going to be right for them and who's yeah. going to gel with their style. Yeah, exactly. So they'll be sussing you out as much as you're sussing them out. So it's good to a little bit sell yourself or sell your wedding or just explain what it's going to be so that they can get a good picture of whether or not they're the right person to work on it. It's a good idea to send some pictures of what you have in mind, and um, particularly again if it's a visual supplier, um, a link to a Pinterest board helps rather than like weighing down an email with twenty different individual yeah. photos. Or a mood board's always a good idea. And I would say as well, it is good to start talking about budget upfront. I know yeah. again, awkward topic for some, but that will really quickly help you figure out if, like you said, you're fit for them and they're fit for you. Um, and it will set expectations with them. Yeah, I think if you have a, I don't know, 1,000 euro flower budget and this florist doesn't do weddings for less than 10, they'll tell you that straight up. Yeah, and again, that might sound harsh, but ultimately they're not the right fit for your wedding. So you do want to avoid anyone wasting time, you, yeah. them, anyone involved. So it is good to get a feel because it can be hard to tell initially um, you haven't planned a wedding before, presumably, so you're not versed in how much things cost. Mm. And um, you don't know, like me and Claire in the wedding industry, we can rattle off the names of florists and bakers who do high-end weddings and those who do alternative and mid-range. 
but you're not going to know that information so that's no. what the introductory email helps you to figure out like are they the right person can I afford them and are they happy to work on my wedding have they worked at my venue before you know yeah getting the first few questions asked and answered and then for subsequent communications I think it's always a good idea to prepare your questions in advance yeah absolutely now we are always a bit conscious of pestering the suppliers because yes. we do get a lot of um, questions and emails, etc. from couples who are saying like, oh, my supplier isn't getting back to me and I emailed them four times last week. And we usually say, well, there's your problem right there. Don't email them four times <laughs> in a week unless maybe it's the week before your wedding yeah, uh, or the month before your wedding. But really, should anyone need to email anyone four times in a week? <laughs> I would argue probably not. No. So it's good to batch up your questions and have somewhere where you write down the questions as, as they occur to you mm. and then go through them. And you'll probably find if you've written a couple down in the course of a week or a month, you might find, actually, I already answered that question for myself or another supplier answered that question for me. Or actually, we're not going to have that element anymore. Yeah. Um. So just be choosy about uh, the questions you bring to them. Kind of see it almost as if you have a quota of yeah. questions you're allowed to ask, which isn't the case, but it's good for you to know, listen, I'm probably not going to want to ask 100 questions. So is this question worth asking or am I just having a little bit of a overwhelmed a moment. moment? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we do have exhaustive lists of questions yeah. for wedding bands and caterers on the site. So there are ones to check out if you're not sure what to be asking. Yeah. I think it's worth saying as well not to make any assumptions. So if in doubt, do ask. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. But what we're saying is don't hound your suppliers either. I think this sets a, a good tone for your working relationship. You have to kind of think of it almost like if you hire in a builder you want to have a good rapport. You want them to feel like you're in the authority and you know what you're talking yeah. about. But also you're hiring them because they know what they're talking about and you're not sure about it. So in order to have that kind of good working relationship, the way you communicate with them and how you communicate with them is really important. And of course, you can um, arrange phone calls with them. That's often easier. Suppliers often encourage that. Maybe yeah. a Skype call or a phone call because when at the early stage there are a lot of questions to ask um so sometimes it's handier to get them all out in one conversation it's always good to follow up after a phone call with an email just to make sure you've got everything in writing yeah um but yeah i think the main thing to take away from this point is to not be so frustrated with delayed responses i know it can be really stressful and in your mind you're like well what else are they doing it's a tuesday afternoon they don't have a wedding on but suppliers are extremely busy there's a lot of prep and work that goes into each yeah. wedding they work on and you're planning your one wedding they might work on 50 weddings a year or more <laughs> yeah so yeah it's worth keeping that in mind and keeping in mind what stage of planning you're at so you'll have a lot of questions at the start and a lot of questions at the end six months out do you really need to know where the plug socket is for the band no yeah <laughs> i think there's an element as well of picking great suppliers that you trust that you get on well with um, not just flippantly booking the first person you see being really 100% happy with the person you've booked and then kind of letting them do what they do best Yeah. Um, so again of course you've, you'll have questions um, the supplier won't mind like don't feel like oh my question is really silly I can't ask it but just pick and choose them wisely 
uh, just think about in the scheme of things is this important is this something I need to know or is this something that they the professional will like be able to take off my plate yeah yeah and I think it's worth keeping in mind as well that if they're responding to you on someone else's wedding day they're away from that person's wedding day so just think of when it's your wedding day you want them to be like on the ball for you so often the week of your wedding they will be there 100% go above and beyond for you yeah but in the 18 months before they might take a week or two to respond yeah the day before your wedding you wouldn't like to be um contacting them and for them to say sorry I actually am spending today getting back to a thousand emails from brides and grooms and couples who are getting married in two years yeah (laughs) so keep that in mind when you are that bride or groom or couple yes which leads us nicely onto our next point which is to always be courteous yeah I think the main point here is to remember that they're not just people who turn up and wave a magic wand mm-hmm. and make a wedding day beautiful. This is their livelihood. So you have to be respectful and polite in all of your dealings with your suppliers. I think in particular in terms of money, don't yeah. like guffaw because they send you a quote that you think is really way, way, way too high. They'll charge what they charge. They operate how they operate. And you have to respect that. You don't have to go along with it. Mm. You don't have to hire them. But I think you do have to be polite and respect that they run their business the way they run their business for a reason. Yeah, I think a lot of people think, and I'm all for a haggle, but I just don't think that necessarily your wedding is the place to be aggressive in your negotiations. Like you're not buying a secondhand car. Um, And it's about realizing each supplier's worth, what they're worth to you and what they need to charge for their business to run efficiently. Um, I think if you're thinking along these lines it's good to listen to one of our first episodes which was why are weddings so expensive because mm-hmm. it does give you good feel for the costs that are incurred by suppliers just in the day-to-day responding running their businesses and that it's not just yeah like rock up and throw a bunch of flares together <laughs> yeah there's no harm in asking a supplier are you open to negotiate this with me yeah but if they have said to you twice or even once listen I absolutely just cannot do it for that amount you just have to accept that yeah so it's just about having the boundaries there yeah most suppliers will work within your budget yeah if it's possible at all if you're being somewhat realistic yeah if you have x amount to spend they'll try and negotiate something they can offer you but if you want a full day's photography for 200 quid you're not going to get that no and it doesn't matter how aggressive you are or how you know you put on your best like Saturday at a European market voice (laughs) like you're not going to make them budge and they shouldn't have to they shouldn't have to deal with that either it's also really rude to imply that you could do that yourself or that you could like sure I could bake that cake for 100 quid or I could get my aunt to take those photos for 200 or whatever because again as we said this is their profession yeah they're skilled they're experienced they've got the equipment so yeah just don't be rude about what they are charging it's their price and if you don't like it go look for someone else we kind of mentioned this earlier but remember that while you're planning one wedding they might be working on dozens yes maybe even a hundred weddings at one time they might have a hundred couples who they're in communication with over the course of 
18 months yeah so you can't expect them to remember you necessarily by name or so I'd always even in an email just be like Claire and Mark Baldubber ties wedding or whatever yeah. it is just so that they'll be able to bring it up or keep the same email thread so they can refer back yeah and remember that suppliers have working hours too yeah um you could ask them what they are um in your initial chat but whatever they are just don't don't contact them at all hours of the day and night now no. suppliers won't necessarily work monday to friday nine to five but um especially if you're planning a wedding from abroad yeah if they give you any information on like when they're available to chat or whatever just mm. just go with it again yeah. you don't want to rub them up the wrong way if they're going to be the person painting your face in your wedding day you don't want to get off on the yes. wrong foot with that person absolutely um on the day itself um obviously also be courteous they're not your <laughs> they're uh, not your lackeys no they're there to do their job and that job alone I think it's important to remember to supply a meal for anyone who's working more than a couple of hours. Yeah. A lot of couples forget this and it's a big one, particularly for, say, a photographer or a planner or someone who's there all day. Bands as well are yeah. a good one. You can work this out with your venue and it won't cost that much extra. No. And also think about tipping. So we have a guide to this on the site. The general rule of thumb is anyone you would tip in the rest of your life, you mm-hmm. would tip on the day of your wedding. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb, but we have a whole feature on it if you'd like more information on tipping, because I know that's a very confusing point for some people. Yeah, and when you haven't thought about it until the day before your wedding, it's a very expensive point. (laughs) Yeah, and who has that much cash on them? I need suddenly 10% extra. (laughs) So our next point is all about gut feelings, which are very important Mm. in wedding planning and when it comes to suppliers. Think about, in particular, the suppliers who you're going to actually be spending your wedding day with. Yes. Alongside your partner and your guests, they're going to be there on your wedding day. And we're talking photographers, videographers, makeup artists, hairstylists. So many people are shocked at how much time you spend with your photographer. They are just there the whole time. They're a big part of your day. (laughs) So if you've booked someone and you love their work, but you and your partner come away from meeting going like... Not, I don't not really a, his biggest fan. Yeah. You know, I totally understand that you might think, well, listen, his work is what's important. The photo is what's important. Just bear in mind that he's going to be there for the whole day. And if you yeah. meet someone else who you can have a laugh with and feel more relaxed around and have a good rapport with, that's yeah. probably going to stand to you on the day and make you more relaxed. Yeah, I think chatting with them about how the day will unfold and how they operate on the day is a good way to get a gauge. So say a videographer in particular you want them to I mean I'm not putting words in the mouth but to say they're going to have a subtle approach mm-hmm. or that they're a bit fly on the wall because yeah. the best videographers are and yeah. any time I've been involved in a wedding as a bride or a bridesmaid or a family member I've never noticed the videographer yeah. and that's a mark of a good one yeah if they say things like you won't even notice I'm there you know that's a good sign yeah um, obviously the photographer is a bit more hands on you will have to spend a chunk yeah. of time with them for their portraits um, makeup and hair another big one they tend to run the morning so you need people who are really calm and yeah. chilled out and have the vibe that you're going to want on the morning of your wedding Yeah, you know when if you meet them in person or even if you have a phone call or a Skype consultation you'll know God how did I feel in that meeting did I feel calm did I feel mm-hmm. like God, I don't know, it's the first time meeting that woman, but I'd trust her with anything. Yeah. Then that's a good sign. And if you feel like she was asking you a load of questions and you felt 
a bit on the spot and you weren't sure and she, she didn't react super positively when you said, oh, I'm not sure what kind of makeup look I'm going to go for yet or whatever, you know, then maybe you just don't gel. Yeah. Not to say that she's not a good makeup artist or, you know, you're not <laughs> going to be a polite person with your supplier. Maybe you're just not fit for each other. Yeah, you're just not vibing. Hmm. It's fair. Again, on the topic of gut feelings, if a price seems too good to be true, it likely is. There are deals to be had, but they're only all right deals. They're few and far between. An amazing deal is uh, something that you just don't really get that often in life. Yeah. Is it? An absolutely cut price, amazing discount is not something you get in a department store, let alone a wedding. Yeah, like say your venue had a cancellation and they are they have the day at half price. Brilliant, take it. Amazing. Yeah. If they can back up why the deal is exists, yeah. that's fine. But if your bouquet is a tenor, mm, You'd pay more than that for a bouquet of Marks and Spencers, so ask why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think about, like, even though I know you don't have experience in all of these different areas of wedding planning, but think about how much it would cost to put together a beautiful bouquet if you were going to do it right now and you were going to go to a flower seller um, or try and source the flowers. Chances are you're not going to be able to get... Um, a load of peonies flown in from Amsterdam. Yes, that are at the exact amount of ripeness. Yeah, that are exactly open at this time. It's February. <laughs> there are none <laughs> growing in Ireland. They're coming a long way. They have to take an, a flight. You know, you're probably not going to get 10 of those plus a load of greenery plus a load of other flowers for a tenor. It just doesn't yeah, make sense. And the time that it'll take to do it. And the labour of someone. You have to factor in the labour costs as well. Yeah. Think of, would you do any of these jobs for like minimum wage? Yeah. Probably not. And the delivery as well. So I think that's something a lot of people don't factor in. The mm. fact that they're coming to you. Um. So yeah, all of these things is like, why we say just like, trust your gut if a deal is too good. There's something gonna miss there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know it can be hard to factor in all of these things. Obviously, me and Claire are so used to talking about suppliers and talking to suppliers, so we know. But these are valid points. Like, if your wedding is in a remote part of the country, that's, you know, that's petrol. Yeah. That's, they have to have a car for their business. Yeah, there's real world there's, stuff at play. There's hours that it's going to take them to drive to and from. So just bear that in mind when you think you see a great deal. Yeah. And again, this is at the more extreme end of it. But if your supplier seems rude or elusive or, yeah, just leaves you with bad feelings, you don't want that person working on your wedding day. It's, so. it's just not worth it. If you yeah. have any kind of bad vibe off them, it's just Walk not worth away. it. Walk away. Yeah. And then when you do find a great supplier, I think it's really important to step back and let them do their thing because they know how to do it better than you do. <laughs> yeah. And that's what in essence a good wedding supplier is it's someone that you can go to with a relatively small amount of information about you your day your partner etc and then just hand it over to them yeah and they will they i i know i said earlier they aren't fairies with a magic wand but they'll still make it happen once you've negotiated everything they'll make that happen yeah i've seen them work magic um they're magical people very talented (laughs) very creative what they're doing in your wedding, they've probably been doing for 10 years, maybe 20. Um, so they've done so many weddings as well. Like if you've picked wisely, 
you'll have picked someone who's done over a hundred, maybe even a thousand, maybe even multiple thousands of weddings. Yeah. So you can trust them to know what temperature the icing needs to be on the cake. You can trust them to know when the dance floor is getting empty all of these things that's their area of expertise yeah I think I didn't do enough of that when I was planning my wedding because I obviously worked in weddings and I wanted to be really hands-on mm. but it meant that yeah I didn't just I booked great people but then I like wanted to go in and have a look at the flowers and I wanted to yeah um ask a lot of questions of the venue and things like that when they on the day I realised like oh all these people have this yeah they've got me yeah. they got my back like they knew exactly what I wanted they read they saw the board I made and they read mm-hmm. it completely perfectly like they didn't need any hand holding yeah and I think if there's one thing you take from this episode is choose the right people and they won't need any more micromanaging yeah yeah to me that's part of the luxury of picking a great supplier even if you have to pick someone who's at the upper edge of your budget yeah and maybe get less than you were hoping to get but to get the best quality is that then you can go right I am not thinking about the cake I'm not thinking about the flowers I'm not thinking about the set list for 12 months I will not think about that until it's happening at me thank you yeah that's a great feeling in wedding planning <laughs> when there are lots of things that you do have to be hands on with, like, you know, your dress, the venue. You know, there are a lot yeah. of things that do take up a lot of time and a lot of your energy. And being able to hand stuff over to a supplier is yes. great. Now, the one thing you can't hand over is our last point for how to work with your wedding suppliers. And that is keeping on top of the paperwork and the finance. Is there like a wedding accountant or like, could you get a wedding financial advisor who did all this for you? I Maybe. feel like I could do that as I a mean, job. I think some wedding planners will manage your budget, but you all, I mean, I don't, you have to sign off, obviously. On yes, <laughs> that's the thing is they'll, you still have to be strict about it all. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I won't go into that as my plan B career because I would probably just break everyone's hearts with my big red pen and my budgeting. (laughs) So obviously, I mean, I'm just going to make myself sound like a total narc again for the millionth time. Keep a record of everything. Yeah. Emails, quotes, contracts, invoices, receipts, any interaction you have with your supplier. Yeah. You should have it saved somewhere. Save it in a folder in your emails. Yeah. Particularly if you're paying things in installments, which you tend to do in weddings because you forget who you've paid and how much you paid them. um, And you don't want to pay people twice. Yeah. Or not at all. (laughs) Or not at all. Both equally horrifying outcomes. Yes. Make sure when you're making those payments that you put in, you know, instructions so they know who you are. Again, this is about knowing that you're not the only couple they've ever dealt with. Yeah. So don't just put in payment. (laughs) Yeah. Or wedding. (laughs) Yeah. My wedding. Um, like the date, your name, the venue, yeah. etc. Use that information that will just help you avoid any kind of situation where the supplier has to ring you up and ask you, you know, did you make that payment or whatever. Yeah, and as well, it's a good idea if you're paying in the installments to keep track of everyone's bank details so you don't have to keep, like, re getting in touch to ask for them yeah um and keeping good notes on your own online banking so that you know what the different things going out were. Yes. Again, it's just like very. Like on top of it, adulting. Yeah, it's very boring is when you go into your online banking and decide, oh, I'm going to add the bank details of these five suppliers. You know, that's not a fun Saturday night activity, but it'll make things easier in the long run. And you will always know exactly what's coming out of your account and 
why and what everything's for. And again, we did a whole episode on budgeting. Yeah. And I talked at nauseam about the spreadsheet. You did. <laughs> uh, Claire's like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was a real fun one. It was. So just keep track of all of that stuff for yeah. yourself. Read all of the small print on any contracts you have. And this goes for both of you. So don't trust that your other half has read the small print and you don't read it. Because that's how arguments arise down the line when there's a mix up or something happens. And they're like, well, I knew that was the case and you didn't. Yeah, I would absolutely force your other half if they seem not interested to read things that that pertain to them and their money that they're spending. I would be like, listen, I'm not getting married to you until you read (laughs) this boring contract. Again, it's a boring thing to do, but it'll just set you up that you don't have to think about it anymore once you've done it once. And it will serve you throughout wedding planning. Yeah. And make sure the things to look out for are the cancellation policies, any additional fees and charges as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because those are the kind of things that can cause hassle later down the line if you don't know what you've agreed to. No. Um, Make sure you get a signed contract from every vendor. Again, this mightn't apply for the more casual style of vendors yeah but for as many people etc yeah but for as many people as you can try and get a signed contract with exactly how much you're paying what's included and what the schedule of payment is so for any of the big ticket items you'll need a schedule of payment um yeah venue possibly photographer band so yeah and what's included that's really important for anyone who's giving anything itemized so caterer florist Again, just so that there's no confusion mm. and you're not looking for something on the day that you never paid for or never negotiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, we recommend, you know, anyone you're paying after the wedding to go through that stuff carefully. Don't yeah. just, you know, blanket pay it. But if you've worked some of that out in advance, that means you don't have to do it on your honeymoon. Yes, definitely. Um, we When we were going through our itemized venue list on our honeymoon, they were supposed to charge six liters of non-alcoholic punch and they put in 60 which was like so just an administrative error yeah but like it was maybe an extra grand like it was a lot yeah yeah Um, it was because we were sitting in belize going through our itemized bill and then that was uh corrected but yeah it's worth like reading everything through thoroughly yeah and there are a few vendors that you won't be able like with something like obviously the punch that's consumed on the day that's variable yeah but the ones that you are able to nail down in advance it's good to get them out of the way and done and I do think as well if you have the option to pay people in advance that can sometimes be good for yeah just getting stuff off your own plate yes um make sure you don't pay any deposits until you're extremely happy with your choice of supplier because most of them are non-refundable um and with the details of your contract as well make sure you have all of that ironed out before you pay over any money yeah yeah that's the thing you need to be 100 percent happy with everything before you hit pay on your online banking yes um same goes with the t's and z's um feel free to ask if they send you over a contract and you actually don't know what half it means yeah you should ask basically don't sign something that you don't understand it doesn't make a load of sense no it's like any contract or any transaction in your grown-up life yeah and our final tip is to adhere to your payment schedule pay people on time because it's the sound thing to do yeah and as we've said repeatedly, you want the suppliers who are working on your wedding to have a good impression of you and your other half. Yeah. 
And that's not hard to do. No. Um, you know, it's not a popularity contest. You don't need to like wow them or woo them or anything. But the basic things of being polite in all of your exchanges, um, paying them on time, you know, the basic things that you would want anyone to do to you in your professional life, yeah. they all apply. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing of like you get back what you give in return. Mm. So if you're just kind and warm and professional understanding about, understanding yeah. about your encounter they will be on the day and that's what you want because it's essentially a business transaction but it's an extremely personal day for you and yeah. these people are spending it with you so having a good rapport and keeping a good working relationship throughout the planning is so important and I cannot stress that enough and I think your suppliers are more likely to go above and beyond for you. Most suppliers will anyway, but they're more likely if they feel like you have treated them with respect throughout the whole interaction. Yeah. I had a weird interaction with one of my suppliers to the point where I was nervous about my ha- having to deal with them on the day. Okay. And in the end, they appointed someone else to work on the day and it was much better. And it totally, okay. the minute I heard that, it totally put me at ease. Yeah. And again, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. We just didn't gel. Yeah. And I gel with most people. <laughs> but it was just the case that it was a bit of a clash. And the idea that someone will be working on your day who you have a bad vibe with is really not nice. So, yeah, I'd say any of that, like, just get that iron out straight away so that you can relax and enjoy your day and feel like the right people are there by your side. Yeah, I think the ideal situation will be going into your day going, oh yeah, and like Maeve is coming now to do my makeup. God, I can't wait to see her again yeah. because we had a great time at my trial or yeah. Yeah. whatever. You want to be looking forward to your interaction with them. Obviously, they're not as important as your partner or your guests yeah. at your wedding. But you want to be like, yeah, can't wait now for the meal because the caterer and me, you know, really like worked really hard in the menu and it all, you know, I'm so excited. So, yeah, it's definitely worth investing a bit of time in good relationships with your suppliers. Here, here. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Each week on the podcast, we dig into our digital mailbag, pull out an email or DM and turn our attention to one of your wedding planning dilemmas. This week, Selena has chosen one for us to discuss. I have. So this listener writes, I would appreciate some guidance from you guys as to how I can show my appreciation to my parents on my wedding day during the speeches. They've been so helpful with everything, including foraging for berries for our wedding favours, which is jars of jam micro details about the wedding and making sure it is all exactly what we want most importantly they have always made my partner feel like a member of the family and i couldn't be more grateful any suggestions as to how i could make a massive fuss of them during the speeches this one's so sweet i love it and i also feel like you have the bones of a great speech there (laughs) yeah and i feel like uh, i want to come to this wedding with the jam yeah it sounds nice i'm I'm enjoying all of the vibes all the details that you've um picked out I think being specific like that is really nice because mm. so many people will just be like, thanks for all your help. You were great. But I think really like saying like they handpicked, they turned their fingers yeah. purple yeah. picking blackberries or whatever it is. Yeah. is just a really nice way to like demonstrate everything they've done. And likewise, what you say about how they've made your partner feel included. I think like leaning on anecdotes is a really nice way to do that. I don't think necessarily you need to like do something as in like bring out a cake or play a slideshow or anything like that I think even if you 
write them a note or a letter or something like that that really thanks them and maybe bring them out for dinner after the wedding or something like that but I think in terms of the speeches it's just being specific is the nicest way that you can make a fuss and really show that you understand what they've done and you aren't just blanket thanking them like everyone else yeah I think if you didn't prep this you could just go like god mom and dad I owe everything to you you're just the best which would be lovely um but obviously you want to really make a show of them yeah um in the best possible way so yeah I think a great idea is what you said there Claire and to write down a few points on you know if you have cue cards for your speech um, and then obviously I, I'd say when you sit down to write this down you probably have way more than you can actually use for your speech so then maybe yeah. put all the extra points or the extra little anecdotes or the extra things of like oh and like it was actually such a lovely time to spend the day with you foraging or whatever put that then in a nice card or in a yeah. letter that you give to them on the morning as well yeah I think they'll appreciate those two things because the speech obviously will be very meaningful for them in the moment but having a written thing that they can read over and over again would be really sweet as well because I'm yeah. sure in the moment when you're getting praised in a speech and you're four glasses of Prosecco in you'll be like oh you'll be a bit flushed and tipsy yeah. and a little bit giddy um but I definitely like the idea of having your appreciation written down as well so they can yeah. keep that and then they can read it after the weekend yeah and they'll feel really special I think as well like if you really want to make an extra moment for them or anything like that you can do a toast mm. or something like that that kind of sets it apart from the rest of the thank yous or, you know, have the bar bring them down like their favourite drink or something like that for that yeah, moment. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, But yeah, in terms of making a fuss, I don't think you necessarily need any gimmicks about no. it. Just, yeah, be really kind and sincere. And maybe if you want to uh, rehearse that part of the speech, maybe just in front of your partner, mm. just so you really feel like you're actually giving them the time they deserve. Yeah. And you're not just going through a list of like, thanks to the venue, thanks to the florist, thanks to mom and dad. Um, maybe do a little dress rehearsal with your yeah. partner or a friend just so they'll yeah. kind of reassure you yeah that's definitely you pitched it right there and have your partner ready to step in in case things get emotional oh my god I can already <laughs> I can hear the tears flowing I at this one up at the time, so. <laughs> head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
I, Fester Adam, do hereby declare my unending love. Ditto. I will worship you forever. Now for something that's not your wedding. Each week on the podcast, we encourage you to switch off from all things weddings and do something entirely unrelated to budgets, logistics and guest lists. Claire, you're helping us do that this week. So what is your recommendation? My current favourite way to decompress is cathartic television that makes me cry. <laughs> okay, you're a bit of a crier. At the best of times. Should we, should we preface this by saying you're... Crier at TV and movies, I would say, more than the average person. Yes, and you're not, ads. You're, you're not a crier like in the middle of the street or anything. No, I mean, I can do my job as a professional grown-up woman. But <laughs> once I walk out You the sometimes door. go days without crying. But no, yeah. in terms, you really get lost in the old world of uh, yeah, and I the visual storytelling. I love it. Nothing makes me feel better than having a good sob. So my current go-tos are This Is Us. Well, that's my main go-to at the moment. You've cried buckets to this, I believe. Yeah, like the first two or three seasons. The last season wasn't that cryy, mm. but the first few seasons, a lot of tears. Um, yeah, Queer Eye is another good one. I bawled my eyes out to Queer Eye. My boyfriend yeah. had to ask me what was wrong. Yeah, any, nothing, just Queer Eye. Any like movie love story where someone dies? Yeah, or a parent dies. Yeah, that's a good. Oh, an old couple who yes. are together forever, and then one of them dies and one of them's left. Oh, but then they die of a broken heart. Oh, up like that's that's yeah. a classic. Yeah, uh, I have two friends that swear by DIY SOS, which I've never seen. No, I, it's a daytime. It doesn't seem <laughs> like, like it would be tear jerking. I think they do what people's houses who really deserve it. Oh, that does sound sweet. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard people cry at uh, next in fashion. Yeah. I um, didn't cry at Next in Fashion, but I suspect my other half was crying um, when the winner took the prize, let's yeah. just say. I think I could sense a bit of a tear flowing on the other side of the couch. Yeah, I mean, any kind of ads. I cry a lot of ads as well. <laughs> just any commercial <laughs> at all. Something with children or pets. Well, I believe that when you cry, your brain probably releases the, the good kind of um, hormones. Yes. The happiness hormones. But it definitely is distracting and de-stressing for me anyway. So everyone will have their own measure of what makes them cry. But I just think if you've had a stressful week and you need to just relax, get some ice cream, get some popcorn and watch some teary television. I don't know why this isn't as big of a thing as um, comedy because they're very similar. (laughs) They're very similar in what they release for you is a great big 20 minute session of laughing and crying do the same things but comedy is this giant phenomenon of entertainment yeah I felt just as good after watching Little Women as I did after watching Bridesmaids exactly so get your cry on that's a movie marathon right there (laughs) (laughs) watch those two in quick succession and you will have all the good feels the one fab day wedding podcast That's it for this week's episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. Now, there are just three episodes left until we take our break. So if you've got a burning question, you'll have to be quick about sending it in. For emails, you can get us on hello at onefabday.com or you can slide into our DMs on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we're hoping that you'll do us a solid and review the podcast on iTunes. It's super easy. It only takes two minutes and it really helps other couples to find the show. 
We also have to give a huge shout out to a very special podcast subscriber, Julie, who listens to the show with her sons, David and James. Julie and her partner tied the knot in Victoria, Australia last month and actually invited us along. We were hugely flattered. Unfortunately, long haul flights are out of the question for us both at the moment and a wedding in the wine region without being able to drink would just be cruel. But we hope you guys had the most amazing day and thank you so much again for asking us along. And before we go, we have to mention onefabday.com. Selena and I upload new planning style and inspiration features every single day and there are some super helpful posts going up this week so don't forget to pay us a visit the one fab day wedding podcast